Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Welcome back to Healing at the Speed of Light, your weekly laser therapy podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and we are live again this week. I apologize for being a couple of days behind. I kind of struggled with whether or not I wanted to... To do this particular article um, that we're talking about today, mainly because it's getting into super nerd territory. So what I'm going to do is I'll give you the down and dirty right up front. In case you're not as nerdy as I am and you just aren't interested in some of what we're going to talk about. But I thought for those out there, those few poor souls like me that really just want to know the, the how and the why and exactly what's going on when we say things like diabetic neuropathy. What does that even mean? How does it happen? What's really going on inside the body when we're talking about diabetic neuropathy? If you want to know more about the theories and the mechanisms behind how this thing happens, this is a great episode for you. But I'm going to tell you right up front, it does get nerdy, it does get deep, and if you want to know just the the straightforward answers, I'll give that to you also. Okay, this week's episode is sponsored by Laser Therapy Institute, the only independent institute for training and excellence in laser therapy. You can find our clinics nationwide. Go to lasertherapyinstitute.org. You can also find out more on our website, and you can even email us directly if you have specific questions or need help with your particular issue. Info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. Now, the paper we're going to go over today is from February 2011, published in the Journal of Diabetes Investigation. That's over nine years ago now, but not a lot has really changed since then when we start talking about the theories behind how diabetic neuropathy works. And I say theories because a lot of this is fairly theoretical. When you start getting into cellular mechanisms of damage, we have some pretty good ideas, but a lot of it is still in the theory stage. So as we're going through this, just just understand this is the best we know, and, and these ideas are pretty solid. And I mean, we've got some good evidence behind them, but uh, we, we certainly know that we don't know everything. So here's the short version if you don't want to get into all these details. Diabetic neuropathy is damage to the peripheral or, or uh, the, the smallest nerves out in the hands and the fingers. The damage is caused by the body's hyperglycemia, those high levels of blood sugar. And because the nerves are damaged, they then send aberrant or incorrect signals to the brain that the brain interprets as pain, tingling, burning, stinging, numbness, all that. All right? What do you do about it? There's not a lot you can do about it. But laser therapy is uniquely suited to actually repair that damage and give good symptomatic relief, which is often long-lasting. Now, if that's enough for you, great. Here's your chance to get out before we start getting in deep. But let's get into why I'm saying all these things about why this hyperglycemia condition uh, actually damages the nerves, how that works, why laser therapy is uniquely suited for this particular condition. We're going to get into all that right now. So, the this paper's title is Mechanism of Diabetic Neuropathy, Where Are We Now, 
and where to go. Now, again, it's nine years old, but all this is still pretty common. So I'm, I'm going to read you a couple of quotes from the study first. That peripheral neuropathy is the most common and intractable complication of diabetes. The prevalence ranges from 7% within one year of diagnosis to 50% for those with diabetes for longer than 25 years. But the paper goes on to say, if patients with subclinical levels of neuropathic disturbances are included, the prevalence might exceed 90%. So we're talking about almost 90% or somewhere around 90% or maybe even more than 90% of diabetics will have some type of peripheral nerve damage. The paper goes on to say cardiovascular autonomic neuropathy actually shortens patients' longevity and increases mortality. So that is a whole nother level of nerve damage. It's not typically talked about when we talk about diabetic neuropathy. So what is cardiovascular autonomic neuropathy? Well, to take the book definition, it is a very overlooked, often overlooked complication of diabetes which involves damage to the autonomic nerves or the automatic, kind of your body's own inbuilt system. The nerve fibers that innervate or supply the heart and blood vessels, which results in abnormalities in heart rate control and vascular dynamics. Lots of big words, but hey, I gave you a fair warning at the top. This is getting nerdy quick. So what we're talking about there is damage to the nerves that go to the heart, that go to the blood vessels and cause things like heart murmurs and rhythm abnormalities and hypertension or other blood vessel related disorders. Very overlooked. You know why? Because many times these issues are just chalked up to diet or lack of exercise or genetic predispositions. And even in patients who have diabetic neuropathy symptoms in the feet and the hands, the burning, the pain, the stinging, you don't get burning, pain, and stinging in your heart. It's not that kind of nerve. So when we're talking about diabetic neuropathy, everyone really knows what we're talking about in terms of the pain and burning and ting uh, stinging, tingling that happens in the feet and the hands, sure. But what about the other nerves? Because, see, you have other nerves in your body other than nerves that just feel pain. You have nerves that sense where the, uh, say, your hand or your limb is at, just in space, is it where, it, where it's at. That's called proprioceptive nerves. You have nerves that give you sensations of deep pressure and light touch. You have nerves that control muscles, including muscles of the heart, muscles in the blood vessels themselves, automatic postural muscles in the spine, those are different kinds of nerve fibers. Now, if you get damage to a nerve fiber that carries pain signals, you're going to feel pain. If you have damage to nerves that go to muscles, you're going to have weakness. But weakness doesn't hurt, and weakness can hide, and muscle dysfunction can be very hard to distinguish at times, especially when it involves things that are difficult to test, like the heart, right? So I would, I'd like you to look at diabetic neuropathy not just as a problem with pain in your feet, but as a problem for the entire body to deal with, okay? Now, I hope that helps you realize that if you're experiencing this yourself or you know someone who is, 
a thorough medical workup and controlling those blood sugars, getting the diabetes under control is critical, not just for pain, but for the lifestyle overall and even the longevity, how long a person's going to make it. If you have out of control sugars and you have nerve damage because of that, that can be extremely bad, not just for the way you feel, but even for the heart. Okay. All right, now I promised you the down and dirty details of what's going on, the mechanisms of diabetic neuropathy. If you want to know, here's, here's a section where we start talking about the theories behind why blood sugars impact these nerves. All right? So stick with me. Here we go. The study says peripheral nerves are covered by perineurium. It's a tissue layer around the nerve where only a few transperineural arterioles penetrate into the endoneurium, all right? So a little better explanation is there's only a few small blood vessels that get from the outside of the nerve to the inside of the nerve. Now, they go on to say the vascular supply in peripheral nerves is sparse and blood flow is likely to be compromised and lacks autoregulation, self-regulation. This system makes peripheral nerves vulnerable to ischemia or lack of oxygen. Now, in diabetes and hyperglycemia, what happens is you start to lose the very sparse blood supply to these small nerves because the increase in blood sugars increases the inflammatory component in the blood, and so you have thickened and multi-layered membranes, you have cell debris, disrupted endothelial cells, and so you lose some of the structure that the nerve is supposed to have when you've had high blood sugars for any period of time. Now, a nerve is a cell body with a very long axon, okay? And the cell body might be up near the spine, and then the axon goes maybe all the way down to the foot. That is one cell. Now, a cell needs support. It needs to have blood flow so that it can get oxygen, so that it can repair, it can create ATP. That's its energy. What this paper says is that those distal axons, those, those axons that go from the spine all the way down to the foot, to the toes, they are innately too weak to support themselves for the long transport of nutrients and nerve trophic factors or growth factors, as well as other signals. These long nerves need that blood flow to the nerve, to that long nerve ending. Does that make sense? So if just because you can get blood flow to the nerve, to the cell body, the top of the nerve, if you can't get that blood flow down the length of that nerve, so by the time you get down to the very end of it, the nerve is not strong enough to just feed itself. It needs blood flow along the entire length of that axon. If you start cutting off blood supply to the distal part, the part down in the foot or the toe, you start losing blood supply there, it's like, you're, it's like when your arm falls asleep, right? If you, if you put your arm up on the back of a chair and the fingers start to tingle and everything, everybody goes, oh yeah, my arm's falling asleep. What do you do to fix that? It's pretty simple, right? You just drop your arm off the chair, shake it out a little bit. It does the whole tingling and all that, pins and needles kind of feeling. And then, hey, you're, you're back in action, right? 
that's what's happening to the nerves down in your feet and toes. They are losing blood supply. Those very tiny blood vessels are being cut off because they are undergoing physical structural damage due to those sugars being an irritating factor. And when you lose that blood supply, the nerve basically starts to, quote, fall asleep, right? Unquote. (laughs) So in order to avoid nerve damage, you have to be able to supply more blood flow to that distal axon, to that part of the nerve that's down in the foot, out in the toes, down in the fingers. If you can supply blood to that, well, it's very similar to getting blood back into your arm after you had it up on the back of a chair. It's going to do some tingling, it's going to do some pins and needles, and it will start to feel more normal, right? Simple answer. <laughs> the, 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 as you're probably guessing, though, making that happen is not always so simple. Now, before I get any further into how to get more blood flow there to resolve this, we're still going through these super nerdy details, okay? So stay strapped in. I talked to you about the hyperglycation or the extra high sugars create this irritation which leads to structural damage to these very tiny blood vessels that supply the the distal part of these nerve axons. Now, that exact process is what's termed a metabolic cascade where each component of nerve tissues, when it is excessively glycated or has a bunch more sugar than it should, creates a, a major injurious process to the endoneurium in the nerve through a direct toxicity process. All that just means that the inside of the nerve is actively toxified by this cascade, this metabolic cascade of having too many sugars. You get a deposition of advanced glycation end products, which is poisonous to to those nerves. You have the generation of free radicals, which then is a major factor to further damaging the nerves. There are hyperglycemia-induced mitochondrial changes, which releases cytochrome C, which is a major factor in activating the energy supply chain for that nerve. I know this is all very, very detailed, but I warned you at the beginning. You also have reduced mitochondrial action potentials, meaning that you start to make less cellular energy. There's less ATP generated in the cells. That's the cascade we're talking about here. All that happens within the nerve. Injured mitochondria, free radicals, this metabolic cascade of having too many sugars and their toxic byproducts accumulating in the nerve. Beyond that, there's also evidence that in diabetic nerves... They undergo this pro-inflammatory process that actually even makes that development of of neuropathy even worse. That the macrophages, the lymphocytes, and other factors that are in there from the immune system are actually inhibited. And you don't get the immune system function you should. So the inflammatory process creates further toxins, which further damages the nerves. You lose the trophic or growth factors that you should have for nerve repair. It's this big cycle. And the longer you stay in that hyper-sugared state, 
The further and further this thing develops, the worse and worse it gets. It becomes a runaway train. Now, we already said that if you can reverse some of this blood flow changes, some of these structural changes in blood flow, if you can reduce the inflammatory side, if you can handle the free radicals, if you can get the mitochondria back to where they are producing ATP like they should, then hopefully you get repair of the nerves like they're supposed to repair. That only can happen if one of several things is true. Number one, blood sugars have to be under control. You cannot have runaway blood sugars and also have nerve repair because it is an uphill battle fighting this continuous damaging process even if you've got a great treatment on hand like laser therapy or stem cell regenerative type treatments, okay? If you can, though, get those sugars under control and you can find a treatment that acts the same way that laser therapy does by producing better cellular environments, better blood flow and actual reconstruction of blood vessels to these damaged nerves, as well as enhanced ATP energy production in the cells and improved mitochondrial health. If you can do all that, there really isn't anything stopping those nerves from repairing. Now, I'm not saying that laser therapy is a cure for diabetes or diabetic neuropathy, but every single day, I see people who have been fighting neuropathy, some of them for years and years, I see them improving. And we see those folks actually maintaining their progress. Again, there are things that have to be done. You've got to control sugars. And you've got to get some type of treatment to restore the cellular environments that have been damaged. And we do that with laser therapy. Laser therapy is fantastic for reducing those symptoms and improving not only the way that things feel, but balance and strength. And think about it. If you're feeling nerve damage, tingling, burning, stinging, pins and needles, if you're feeling that in the feet, in the hands, what else might be happening? At the very top, we talked about cardiovascular autonomic neuropathy. Well, that's a major factor. Is that part of what's going on with you? Potentially. You might only be feeling the burning and stinging because that's where the nerves that carry pain have been damaged. But what if you have nerve damage elsewhere too? It's very much a possibility. It needs to be investigated. It needs to be checked out. You need to be able to control the sugars and that hyperglycated state of the body. That has to be controlled. So I encourage you to take this seriously. Don't let this just be, oh yeah, my feet hurt and it's hard to sleep at night. I'll be all right. No, you might not be. Get this checked out. Investigate this thoroughly and then address it. Get the sugars controlled. Do this for yourself. Do this for your family and friends. Don't do this slow decline into tissue damage that happens with diabetes. Take care of it now. Don't wait another day. Find somebody that will evaluate you thoroughly for nerve damage, and I encourage you to get laser therapy for helping to manage some of these symptoms and ideally for repairing some of the damage. If you need assistance, reach out to us. We'll be willing to help you, absolutely. You can also find out if there's a clinic 
near you that's been trained in the use of the laser for peripheral neuropathy, you can go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org, and you can find out if there's a clinic near you. We'll be happy to help you. And I'll tell you, our clinics see this stuff every day. And we've treated probably thousands of patients at this point with neuropathy and nerve damage with excellent results. Again, I'm not telling you that there is a cure here or that we can promise every single patient improves, but the vast majority of patients rave about their care and feel so much better, especially if they've already been told, oh, you've got, not, you've got neuropathy and there, there's nothing that can be done. Here, take gabapentin, take Lyrica. It'll probably just get worse. No, don't, don't settle for that. There are solutions out there. Thanks very much for joining us. If you stuck with me through the entire podcast, good on you. I hope it was uh, something that was beneficial for you. You don't have to understand these mechanisms to know that this is serious and it should be taken care of. It should be addressed. Again, thanks for joining me this week. I'll talk to you next week. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.